Take a seat at the table with us. My name is Anthony Brinson. I'm Deshaun Johnson. And I'm Nick Lundberg. And welcome to the Sports Roundtable Podcast. So, as you heard by the third host, you know, it's a, it's a cold day in Denver, and Thomas decided to duck this podcast. <laughs> no, he had something busy to do. So, we're joined by the former host of Sports Roundtable, Nick Lundberg. Yes, How does it feel to be back? Yeah, it feels great. I was just going to say, I missed it. Um, it's been, what, a year? Yeah, because I took it over first semester last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 been since then then i've been back so it's you know it's it's nice to be back in this room again welcome back man that's what's up what you've been doing ever since you've been gone for the year what's been on nick lundberg's plate um just you know i've been now i'm doing msu football so that's been pretty cool um even though the season you know hasn't gotten off to the greatest start Mm -hmm. um with everything going on but it's you know still been a ride um you know over the summer i worked with the detroit soccer team and Um, that was cool too. Uh, shout out Jared Mackey, um, <laughs> MSU legend. But um, and then you know just traveling with with my family with my friends this summer. It was I had a good I had a pretty good year. Oh, that's what's up. Where'd you go if you don't mind me asking? Um, I went up north, all the way up north to Copper Harbor, like mm. ten hours away, okay. ten hour drive, um, with a couple of my buddies. And then me and my mom. I've always wanted to go to Niagara Falls, so me and my mom hit that on the Canada side. Okay, and, yeah, and, that's and that's that cool. was pretty. That was fun. I'm glad to hear the years um, while you've been gone has been good and everything. Yes, sir. And we was talking uh, a little bit off camera, and you just mentioned how you cover MSU football, and it's been sort of a rocky start. I was telling Deshaun last week, um, the Maryland game, it was my first MSU game. I went to a game. I oh, took wow. me and my girlfriend for our anniversary, and the experience was really dope being in the crowd and, like, seeing, like, the big screen, like, getting yeah. the food and stuff. But, they, unfortunately, they couldn't bring the win home. So, what was your takeaways from this week uh, with MSU versus Maryland? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there was still a little bit of optimism after, you know, Washington's a good team. Um, the game itself was the opposite of that. Um, just, it, we played very badly. And, I mean, you know, whenever you play, like, an opponent that's less than, like, a top 10 team, you kind of have that same optimism going in. But um, I feel like in the first half was pretty rough, but I liked what I saw from the defense in the second half. They kind of anchored down. Um, there are a couple misplays that could have turned into big um, opportunities to, you know, get closer, like the Montori drop to end the half. Um, and then, like, a couple of turnovers, like the, the Noah Kim interceptions were just missed reads. And then um, the fumbles, especially um, by Alante Brown at the end of the game, like, there were just – the game was definitely there. The scoreboard may not seem like it was close in any way, but there were definitely plays that if – you know, something minor just changed, and I feel like it could have been a lot closer. So it wasn't as bad as I feel like the score says it is, but, you know, you always want to get a win at home in the Big Ten, uh, especially with the schedule coming up and no no more favors on the schedule in the future. So it sucks that it got away for them, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, definitely understandable. Got any additional thoughts, Deshaun? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I totally agree with Nick. I just um, – I was kind of hoping for a better um, experience than what we went through with Washington. You know, we talked about it on the podcast last week. I wasn't really expecting MSU to come out with the win. We kind of talked about how Tolu and his team, they're, they're like a mini Washington. I didn't think it was going to be as bad, but Tolu, he, I mean, he's really good at controlling the pocket, reading the pocket, and running around that pocket, and that's exactly what we struggled with, with playing against Penix. So – I, didn't, I wasn't really expecting too many different things, but I think you're right, um, Nick. Uh, I totally agree that, like, there were definitely a couple different plays where if things just went minorly different, we would have had a better turnout. Um, y- you mentioned the Montori drop. I mean, that one was really rough. You know, there was a couple different drops that were almost on the same page, but, I mean, it, it, that, that play was there. It was wide open. It was, 
everybody in the student section, I mean, at that point, was still kind of into things, and it was it, it was a dime. Yeah, it was right in his pocket. Yeah, it was definitely one of the better throws we had seen of the night. So it, it was definitely rough to see that, and we also seen that you know Tunga Vailoa, dude, he's a beast. You know, yeah. I mean, he 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 tore us up. You know, um, I got a picture here. You know, I, I was I was at the game, so uh, you know, I did this last week with the halftime stats. Uh, our time of possession, you know, we had the ball for almost a whole seven more minutes than we did. However, it's the same kind of thing that was going on. They just had a bit of control of the ball. Their their, uh, their drives were just much more effective than all of ours were. So, it, it, like you said, Nick, it was rough to see. You know, hopefully, well, maybe we can have some better turnouts coming up in our schedule. But as you said, we definitely have no more favors on the schedule. Um, I think there's a couple games that are still within, like, the winnable realm for us. But, I mean, we can only see at this point. Yeah, it's not, not, it's not a great – it's – I mean, you play – three top 10 teams and you have like two more home games with the Ford Field game in Detroit which right. is not a home game anymore but it's like y- there's no favors on that schedule so Agreed. they need everything they can get at this point yeah and I know with the news going around with just surrounding MSU football it makes things even more difficult to kind of get your head in the game especially when you're playing some of the best teams in the world and I know there's been some more Mel Tucker news that dropped uh, recently, and I know, do you have any, like, updates on that or just yeah, where so, we're going from here? So, I mean, from by my understanding, that MSU has completely let go of him for cause, mm-hmm. which is, in my opinion, the right call regardless. But um, so he's officially gone from the program, but at this point he's just going to try to, you know, suck all the dollars he can from the university, the 80 million that's kind of left on the table. So I'm not really exactly sure how all that financial stuff plays out and the legal process specifically, but I just know that he's not going to go away without a fight because um, 80 million is 80 million, and yeah. that's a lot of money. So, um, But focusing on more of the MSU side of it, like the team, you know, there it seems like listening to the press conferences, um, just listening to Harlan Barnett talk, um, he's obviously not – the it, he's not going to be sticking around for much longer because and you can tell by the way he acts but um he is doing you know in my opinion pretty well for the hand he was given and it seems like the team is still buying into him um he said that he asked anyone if they wanted to leave and no one raised their hand right which i mean you know they i feel like people that kind of do want to leave wouldn't say that they want would want to leave exactly. but um, I feel like that regardless, that's still a good sign that it seems like everyone's still bought into the current team. Um, and the leaders talk, you know, about the chemistry they have and everything. So it's a pretty not great situation all around. But for what it's worth, I feel like the players are really sticking together and um, trying to, you know, fight out the rest of the year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just want to start with, like, it's it's a sad situation, and I don't mean sad as in seeing Tucker leave. Just it's sad as all the things that have been happening around MSU these past couple of years. It's just another one of those things that we're having to deal with. Yeah. But I also want to agree with you, Nick. I mean, I think it's the right call regardless. And, you know, we obviously have the meeting or the hearing coming up in the next week. But regardless of the outcome of that, it's definitely the right call at this point to uh, just – parting ways with Tucker. I just, you know, there's there's definitely, uh, you know, obviously I don't want to get, like, speculating or get too much into the legal process either, but it, this is definitely about money at this point. That's all yeah. that's all, that's all. all it's about. So, we, you know, we have to wait to the hearing and wait to see. I've seen today that, you know, Tucker is planning to sue and stuff like that. So I, But getting away from that, like you said, I, 
I just can only imagine what it's like to be on the team at this moment, you know? Because not only are you having to try and buy into a new system, which I don't know how different it is from Mel Tucker's system, but regardless of the fact, it's going to be a new system in the middle of the season. Yep. And as far as the transfer portal goes, like, you know, I, I, I you know, it's completely understandable if these guys want to get up out of here. I totally understand that. Yeah. However, you have to put yourself in the scenario. I mean, you guys, it was probably a big decision for you guys to come here to Michigan State, right? You know, I can only imagine what it's like to be an athlete and in the middle of the year try and think about having to turn your your complete year around and you're also having to worry about who even wants me to go your whole life yeah yeah i mean it's going to be a complete you know a lot of these times you know getting just like the academics part the credits won't transfer over that's they're looking at more years of college and stuff like that so like it's, it's going to be hard for some of them to leave and hard for some of them to stick it out so i mean we're definitely going to have to ride this one out it's it's definitely going to be a rough ride these next couple of weeks potentially you know who knows how long years but it's sad to see like i said before and it's just I, I i'm i'm over it almost as a student here yeah and what they they've been saying too um is just you know msu in the past five years every every time you turn around it seems like there's something new to deal with yep. in terms of adversity and it's like i mean the team like they're they're gonna stick together like and they've been you know doing a doing a good job of that it seems like so yeah yeah and it's definitely unfortunate, like Deshaun was talking about, just having to deal with all these things at once. Because it's one thing if you're losing football games or you're going through new coaching, but having scandals around it and then obviously things that happened in the years prior and if with the Mel Tucker stuff relating to the Nasser stuff that happened years back, it's just it's a lot to kind of like mentally deal with mm-hmm. in those aspects. But especially like you mentioned, like as a student or you work those games, both of you work those type of events. So just, it's a lot that goes into it and it's a lot of domino effects that happen as well. But as we were telling Nick off um, off the mic, we've opened the horizon to more broad sports and not just MSU football. And one is a host, I appreciate the audience who's kind of been with us with this new format of Sports Roundtable with um, going from Nick to pretty sure Bella at the time and then yep. now us. So just really just want to say one more thank you to the audience as we get comfortable in the year and talk about these things. And both of you cover different sports. I know you were just at the first women's basketball practice and you were at the men's. So whichever one you want to go first to talk about those things. Yeah. So, I mean, um, obviously this year uh, the team is just completely rev- not revamped, but, you know, you've got the top – a top MSU freshman class, like a top five in his in the history of the program. Like, I mean, all top 100 players, two five stars, um, just guys who bring so much, so many different kinds of things, skill sets that the team was lacking last year. Depth being um, specific, I kind of took that away from the first uh, practice. Was that just this team is just so much deeper, and that's exactly what. Um, was the issue last year like you would have Madi Sissoko who barely played his sophomore year to starting and literally playing like the entire game because we only had two uh, bodies down low to you know back him up and with Malik being injured most of the year or at least half the year but um, yeah I feel like those are my biggest takeaways to start the year like the freshmen just look like Jeremy Fears as the backup point guard he's legit um Tom Izzo has compared him to Mateen Cleaves, which is very high praise. Um, Xavier Booker has kind of got that Jaron Jackson kind of build. A five-star big was the top three player in the class. Mm. Um, guy who can stretch the floor, block shots, which is exactly what we needed um, in terms of a big man who can do that. 
um, a couple freshman wings and a dude who has like a 50 inch vertical and Cohen Carr who's 6'8", 230, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And his head literally hits the rim every time he jumps. Um, so he's going to be very exciting for all the fans out there that need a go-to guy. I feel like he's going to be a, get a lot of love this year with his fast break dunks. But um, I mean, Malik Hall and Tyson Walker coming back, like Tyson Walker's your closer, AJ's your point guard. Like you've got that established from last year. Malik Hall being fully healthy is huge. He can stretch the floor. He can box out, get rebounds, which is something that the team, Izzo teams usually, you know, they love to crash the glass and dominate the boards. But last year they just didn't have the size or the strength of the athleticism to really do that, especially with Malik um, being out half the year. But now you've got guys like Madi Sissoko who gained 25 pounds, which is just ridiculous, mm-hmm. and he looks massive. Um, so the team, I mean, they're – ranked top five in almost every pool I've seen, um, which is well-earned and a res- and respectful ranking. And um, you've got, like, an is- like Izzo loves to schedule the big dogs early, so you've right. got Duke coming up real quick, and uh, it's just going to be a very exciting year. I have high hopes for the team. Yeah, um, before I make the transition over to women's basketball, I just want to say I am so excited for men's basketball. I mean, Nick, I mean, you, you hit on, on all the points, you know. But obviously, the most exciting thing is we have some great freshmen this year, dude. I mean, like we have some explosive. I seen some of the clips the other day, and I mean, last year we were left off a little bit, uh, like bittersweet, I guess you could say, because I mean, we seen a lot of great things last year. I, yeah. I felt. However, the loss that we took, I mean, it, it, it was pretty um, emotional, I would say, for a lot of MSU fans. I remember I was working that game. I was working the, I was the board for one of the high school games or whatever. But we were watching it in the back, and I mean, it just hurt. It just hurt. The last two minutes of that game were extremely wild. So I. But moving on to this year, I just think that we have a lot of potential. Um, being here, you know, and watching the different sports going on, I think that basketball has been the most exciting chapter of sports while I've been here for the past couple of years. And it, it seems like it, it's only going up from here. Um, so, like I said, just super excited to watch that. And then transitioning over to women's basketball, um, they did start their first practice today, and there's kind of like two big headlines coming out of there. Obviously, the one is not just a new coach, but an entire new coaching staff, you know. I was able to talk today with Coach Freilich, and she was able to tell me a couple of different things. The The one big thing that we're working on is obviously just team chemistry. It's the first practice, but over the summer, they've been grinding it out, doing multiple different team bonding activities. I know Coach Freilich kind of talked about just last night. She had the entire team over at her house, and she was talking about she's not even completely unpacked yet, but they're starting to try to do team bonding events because obviously more MSU controversy last year. What happened with Susie Merchant was pretty, I mean, it was pretty tragic of an event, and she mm-hmm. obviously hadn't stepped down. That I'm definitely I'm sure that offered the team a little bit, and then they were still able to go on a bit of a run. But unfortunately, they missed the NCAA tournament, decided not to play NIT. Um, and then the other kind of storyline that's coming out of there right now is obviously there's a mixture of players on the roster this year. We got a couple different returning veterans and like Didi Hageman, and then you got Mo Joyner, and then you're also going to be having the return of Yabby yes, Elliott. Yes, that yes. Com- she's a Detroit native yep. um, coming from D Mercy, and like I mean, she obviously she was hooping last year. She was getting a bunch of different double digit point games, and she unfortunately tore her ACL. Mm-hmm. That put her out for the season. So I mean, there was a, definitely a couple of different things that derailed the team last year. But it looks like there's going to be um, multiple different veterans that are going to be able to lead a bunch of these new players. We got five new players incoming for the team this year, which is pretty crazy. But I think that one that's been standing out the most, um, a bunch of different people were able to talk about her today. Um, Bree Robinson, I don't know what you guys have heard about her yet. She's an incoming freshman, but I'm telling you, 
I, I was watching her getting some early work in today with Didi and Gabby, and she was looking really good. She got high praise from Gabby, high praise from Coach Freilich, and she was getting praise from uh, Mo Joyner. So I'm telling you guys, you got to watch out for her. I was watching her today, and she was getting up a lot of good shots. So, I mean, I, I, we also got a couple different other freshmen that I think that are really going to be able to put in some work for us. We got a couple different transfers in coming from West Michigan and stuff like that. So the girls' team, it's like I said, it's going to definitely be a process still, but I think that they're in shape to make a better run than they had last year, and hopefully they can start it earlier. Who knows what like what can happen? Obviously, we got to look towards like Big Ten tournament first before you even start to start talking about NCAA. But I think they have a better chance than they had last year. They just barely missed the brink last year, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of exciting news in the basketball world. And I say that for a perfect transition into more of my wheelhouse and more I'm knowledgeable too. So to give a little background, there's a certain host who I'm not going to name, Deshaun Johnson, who feels a certain point guard in the league in the NBA is the best <laughs> point guard in the league, and. He was just traded in a blockbuster move to the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm alluding to Mr. Damian Lillard. And Sir. to give a bit of context of the joke I was that I just said, so we had a debate about um, him and Steph Curry, and he feels that, if correct me if I'm wrong, if Damian Lillard was on the Warriors, he would have had the same amount of success. And I completely disagree, but I'll, let, I'll give it to him and we'll kind of ping pong from here. Cause. Okay, so first of all, going off, I, I, I want to do the trade real quick. I won't do too much on this, but I just want to let y'all know I got a lot of emotions going on within the past 24 hours. I was literally walking into class, and then my phone, I get three different phone calls because I know you guys may not know this. We haven't been able to talk too much NBA, specifically my favorite player in the NBA, but I got multiple different phone calls. I'm talking, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news? Yes, of course I heard the news. <laughs> I, look, I am ecstatic right now. Dame on the Bucks was something that me and my friends were just joking about last year. The fact that it's a reality right now is crazy to me. I understand that the Bucks had to give away Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, and he's a key piece to the team. However, I, I do believe that the Bucks do have a strong defensive presence. Dame is able to add a completely new play style to their game. You got Chris Middleton that's able to fill out different positions on the perimeter. Dame can go perimeter all the way mid-range. He can finish in the inside too, but that's obviously we're looking mid-range in for Giannis. Uh, overall, I think that trade was great. I also have happily, I am a I am a fan of Portland too. Just because Dane's been there his entire career, so I want to say that I, I, it's a shame, but it's also nice to be able to see Dame leave in the right way. I think I also think that Portland is on the right track for kind of trying to make new moves, and then the Phoenix Suns part of this everyone's not really talking about too much, but they really built out their roster. Like I mean, like they filled out their roster. We've seen the moves that they made last year. Obviously, they got one of the best duos right now in KD and Devin Booker, and the, the pieces they had that they got from the Blazers and a little bit from um, the. Uh, the the Bucks. I mean, it it's just it, it it was an amazing move from them as well. So, but going to this Damian Lillard thing, dude. I you, I mean, you know, this isn't it's just a pure opinionated thing. I, I can't back it up with anything besides what I know. But I'm telling you, if you put Damian Lillard on that same exact Golden State Warriors team, I'm talking the death lineup. I'm talking about pre KD with Draymond, Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes, and Clay, or with the, we got the KD lineup, like KD Dre. Uh, Clay and uh, Andre still uh, still being there. So you you Dame, I, like I like I know Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. Like I mean, it's no debate. Some would Dame, say the greatest point guard of all time. Mm, I would say number two, but you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, he's the yeah, yeah that that's a whole that's a whole other issue right yeah. there. People gotta people gotta calm down a little bit with that one. But hundred percent the greatest shooter of all time, and he's up there in top point guards. I mean, like he's definitely he's one of the only. Three specifically, two point guards that is under what six six to lead a team to a championship. So mm-hmm. I definitely give him his praise, one hundred percent. However, I'm telling you that the only difference between Damon and Steph Curry, as far as like what they've been able to do in this league, is within their teams. 
Um, no shade to the Portland Trailblazers, but they just haven't put the same roster around that the Warriors were able to build around Steph Curry. So. Nah, shade around the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> I was gonna let him cook. I was gonna let him cook. I was gonna let him cook. But. Nah, but yeah, seriously, man. I just I'm telling you, you stick Dame on either of those rosters, he he definitely has the same outcome. Okay, so to work a little bit backwards, um, where would you rank Steph as far as your point guards of all time? Top three for sure. It's a it's a debate to put him in two because I mean like I'm just you know, my two top point guards is Magic and Isaiah. Thank you. It's a very respectable top. Thank two. you. So right. I, it's hard to put Steph up there. I mean he's, he's still got some time to go, and uh, you know there's definitely things that could change that. However, Magic and Isaiah, dude. I mean I know I didn't even get to watch them as much as I should have, or like as as I wish I could have. However. The legacy behind those two players is completely different. I know Steph has his own different legacy, but he's also had much better rosters at different points in times. I definitely agree on the magic aspect. And then Isaiah's my third, but I have Steph at two, and I don't blame the people who put Steph at one. Just, I mean, we go from the resume of greatest shooter of all time. I mean, only unanimous MVP. I was before KD. And what he's built in this league, I mean, you can make an argument that he single-handedly or almost single-handedly because it's a team sport, changed the game of basketball. Yeah. And... With Magic, I mean, Magic, at least my opinion, on a different level. I mean, 6'9", I mean, put him in. Didn't even win a championship first year in the league. Yeah. I mean, never really knew what a loss was in mm-hmm. his career. And then Isaiah, I mean, I'm from Detroit. You got the Lions hat. So just Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> the way he literally tore his Achilles or had that injury and still dropped, what, like 30, 40 points. Yeah. And I, I, unfortunately, I think they lost that game. Got but screwed. just <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, I mean, those three of the greatest players of all time, let alone yeah. greatest point guards. Mm-hmm. And real quick, random question on um, – Pistons history. So you do do you both know the uh, the Phantom file with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill and Beer? Yep. Do y'all think that was a file, or do y'all agree that it was a Phantom call? It was a fan. <laughs> it was most obvious. I'm sorry. Like this this is hitting really close to home now. But obviously, like he the Pistons would file. They wouldn't call stuff that they would like literally have dudes on the floor. Yeah. And you get 40 year old Kareem in there who probably would break if Bill and Beer actually really fouled him. And he barely touches him, and they give him the call because it's, I mean, no shade to Kareem. That's one of the greatest scorers ever, but one of the best centers of all time. But it just, from what they were calling, it's not a foul. And, you know, for Isaiah to put up that historic performance on a bum ankle, um, I'm pretty sure it was it was 30-plus. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like, if you think about that and then you think about 2005 when Rashid missed the assignment on Robert Horry and hit that three, yep. um, obviously that's more on us than the refs. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are two two more championships than an already three-title team, a very historic – it would have been the first uh, three-peat, I'm pretty sure, ever yeah. at that point. If they, I mean, I don't know. Who knows if they actually would go on to win the next two um, if they won that first one, <laughs> right. if they won the year before. But it's just like it's – yeah, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're good. I mean, I'm not even going to go too far on this, bro. I'm just, I, what, it's called the Phantom Foul for a reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? I, I like, if, if you want to try and even do, argue with any of us, I'm sure. And, I'm going to. The, I'm just letting y'all cook. Just oh, letting y'all oh, cook. Oh, okay. okay. All right, I, right, I hold a very I mean, unpopular opinion on this oh, in Detroit history. Look, man, you go watch that film, and you tell me <laughs> that he, you, you tell me. That Lambert really fouled Kareem so, on that play. Well, I see with my eyes. Real quick disclaimer: 
I like where you said, uh, Nick, at the time, horrible call. But yeah. just what I see, I mean, Bill and Beer's body was on his arm while he was going for the hook. Oh, it's a foul to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know people in Detroit will kill me and Nick looking at me like, that's crazy. But <laughs> I would have blew the whistle. Or at that time, I wouldn't have blew the whistle. But just me now and like rules now, I think I do think it was a foul. Yeah. So Nowadays, it definitely, that's valid. It's but, definitely valid. Too. Yeah, especially for those rules. It was Invalid back then. Horrible yeah. call. And to keep going backwards of the, um, the Lillard debate we have, the only... To keep it short, because we could be here for hours if we're just going on that, but Lillard had his moments, and obviously he didn't have the teams around him that Steph did, but he had his moments to lead and be the best player on the team, and he just, in my opinion, he wasn't that guy. I mean, literally, if I'm not mistaken, got swept by the Pelicans in, I forget what year, but when they were the third seed, and he had, like, C.J. McCollum. Yep. I think LaMarcus Aldridge was on the team. Yep. And just when Lillard was in those positions to be the best player on the best uh, championship, quote-unquote championship winning team, he didn't prevail. I mean, we got the bubble where people were hyping up. Kenny Smith was literally saying, um, or it was around that bubble, I think it was 2021 or 2020, like, hey, I don't know if Steph could do those things. And then Steph came back, draw like 60 on his head. And then the bubble didn't get it done. It's just we have those moments, whether it's Steph and Lillard or Lillard on his own, to where Lillard didn't reach that peak, in my opinion. But you obviously have the glaring issue of Lillard not having the teams around him that Steph had. Even if like take away the KD Warriors you mentioned like uh, the 2015 Warriors where Harrison Barnes and them like obviously Steph was put in a better position but I don't, in situations like this I don't blame the player just cause I mean the Warriors organization did their part and Trailblazers obviously didn't do theirs but I'm very happy to see Lillard in a championship winning environment because whether you, wherever you rank Lillard if you think he's better than Steph not better than Steph we're all NBA fans at the end of the day, and it sucked to see one of the greatest shooters of all time, not even not named Steph Curry, mm. Damian Lillard, be in a situation to where he's putting up like 70 points and doing his best, and then either he's dealing with injury or first-round exit or not making the playoffs. So him and Giannis, I mean, obviously injuries happen, but if they can stay as healthy as possible, I see at least one in their future, at least one championship, maybe two, depending on how the league goes. Right. But just to see... The team in Milwaukee, I mean, we got Lillard and Giannis, KD, Beal, and Devin Booker. LeBron and AD still exist. Like, just the parody. I mean, Chris Paul is a Golden State Warrior. Like, the things That's going crazy. on in the NBA is wild. And to see Lillard get traded to the Bucks in the way it did, in the way it happened, excuse me, it was it was shocking because you told part of your story of you going to class. I'm on my way out of class. We was both in the Com Arts building, the Communication Arts and Science building, oh, for people yeah, who don't Drake. know. Yeah, and he calls me. He, I'm literally walking towards the stairs, and then he calls me, and then I end up talking to him. He's going to his class. He like, hey, did you hear Damon Lillard got traded to Bucks? I'm like, what? <laughs> no, you're lying. He thought I was lying. Call my dad so fast. First, I had to Google. I'm like, okay, is this official? This rumor? See, it's official. Woj stamp. I'm like, dad. Stop what you doing. Damian Lillard is a buck. He like, no way. Yes, and then sir. you see Jimmy, Jimmy Butler obviously <laughs> felt some type of way about the trade. According to him, there was some tampering going on. Who knows? But it's very exciting. It. And, yeah, that's the whole Listen, I don't – the tampering thing is weird for me, in, like, just as a rule because these players outside the court, like, they're friends. Like, they're going to talk. Y'all don't know if you should expect them to be like, like oh, no, um, I'm not going to – I don't want to hear nothing about coming to the team. I'm just hooping. Like, no. Come to Milwaukee. Let, let's get a ring. Let's, yeah, get, let's get Giannis another ring. And that, that, the that Milwaukee Bucks did the complete opposite of what the Trailblazers did. They heard Giannis going on his press runs and like, hey, I want to win rings, not just a ring. And they brought him one of the best players in the league, arguably top 10 player in the league right now. And I'm excited. I'm excited. And 
like somebody they was mentioning like the pick and roll between Lillard and Giannis. I mean, it's it could be crazy. So agreed. Just as a basketball fan, I'm very excited. Now, as a LeBron fan, it makes it much much harder for him to get ring number five. <laughs> but that's I not mean, happening. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we missed a break on that one this past year. You know, I, I'm not gonna count him out, but that one's looking rough. Suns, right I'm Suns are running the West. If they got a bench now, they you got a, so. they got a real center now. Mm. I'm sorry, Aiden. I, I saw this video about DeAndre Aiden a while ago. He said he always wanted to play the four. Like he did that at Arizona. It makes much more sense. Yeah, because he's not he's not physical like that. Yeah. In, in the post, like he's he's got good touch and he's big and he can get boards, but like he's not you know yeah, that no. kind of bang down low guy. But Nurkic is, and then you add like four solid bench players to a team that literally had no bench, and that was their only yes. issue. Yep. And now I just don't see them. I I feel like it's Bucks Suns again, and Suns in six. I think it's a reasonable. Mm, that's your preseason prediction. So you're telling preseason okay, right now. Okay. I, I'm feeling pretty good about that prediction because you know what? As what you're telling me, Damian Lillard for Yusuf Nurkic in the finals. Is that what you're telling me <laughs> that, right now? I mean, I, one of my Blazers is gonna get a ring regardless of the fact. What you're telling me right now? Yeah, I'm just glad they're out of Portland, bro. Yeah, they dude. they do not know how to run an organization no. at all. What giving Jeremy Grant five years, 160 mil, and then on top of paying Aiton, and then you draft Scoot you when you have dra- Lillard. Don't even get me started. Nate. Trade we'll, the pick. We would be here. We would, Anthony's not joking. We would be here. Oh, best for a hey, long listen, time. We at, let's you get me started. We, at, we not even at 30 minutes, so hey, we can go off because. What does he do? Like, trade the pick. If you're going to take a guard yeah. and you want to win with Dame, trade the pick and don't give Jeremy Grant a max contract. Exactly, because then now you're sitting here in the exact situation that they're in. They're holding Dame in a hostage situation. When they allowed this to happen, it, keep Dame. I dare you. Keep Dame. What are you going to do? Hinder Scoots then? And Scoot ain't going to start over Dame, and they're not going to. He can't they, shoot anyway, so no. it's a good di- little one-two dynamic. The, the league is turning into two guards. Yeah, but you see, the problem two- is I think the, the Portland Trailblazers have some like PTSD within the past two experience that, experiments they've ran of Dame and CJ getting on the brink eight straight years in the playoffs every year, but you're you know you're not making it past the second round. And then you finally get to a Western Conference Finals and get absolutely bounced. Was it – did they put the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? They did. Wait, what year was that? That was COVID? The, yeah, that was the, the bubble? bubble year. Because okay, yeah. Ant's lucky I don't want to respond to everything he said, including the Pelicans and everything else. But the bubble year, Dame won MVP, okay? So it's not a real – It's not. A, I'm not counting that one as a real MVP. Oh, I, I was going to say that. I was I just saying. I do count that as a real championship. That's a real championship, not a real MVP. But I'm just saying, he was balling, all right? He was hooping. It was him and Devin Booker got, like, co-MVPs or something like that. But – he was balling. The Pelicans had the best player in the world at the time, and Anthony Davis. So I don't want to hear best that. Best player in the world. You go. You go gas it like that. And I'm an AD fan. <laughs> no, best I'm player so, in the I'm world. So, I'm so serious. Before he got traded, they were Hold looking on, at we AD go, as the check. best player at the time. Then you talking about the year they got swept, right? Yes. All right. I'm gonna I'm do a big research. Keep going. Keep going. All right. Anyway, well, where was that? It's it, it's just it's the organization obviously had a bunch of different issues. Oh, and the second experiment of. Dame and then trying to do it with um, Infernet. I love Infernet Simon just as much as I love CJ. However, I just think it's really hard, especially it, the, the problem that the Blazers had going on is that they always needed a really good wing player and I think they, they had a, a really good center in Yusuf Nurkic. The problem is as much as I love him, sometimes he could be wishy-washy. On um, certain nights, he'd be super physical, contact, everything. Other nights, it seemed like he just didn't want to bang. So, I mean, I, I, and then, you know, we, we, Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu, the, those were our wing players until we got Jeremy Grant. And don't get me wrong, I, I think Jeremy Grant had some great games for Portland. However, that's still not the star power that they were looking for. And I can't fully blame them. No stars really want to come out to Portland, which is understandable. Yeah. But at some point, you got to try and put a bigger player around what you got. Or just break it all down. Like, the teams in those mid markets, like, 
Detroit's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. We 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 went through trying to trade for a big star in Blake Griffin. Yeah. Where does that get you when you're a um, small to mid-market team? The seventh seed. Yeah. The eighth seed every year. And it's like just mediocrity. Mediocre mm-hmm. season after mediocre season. you got to build through. That's literally why the Bucks are so good right now. You build inside with Giannis. And, I mean, we drafted Chris Middleton, but um, <laughs> <Not even laughs> we, gave, we gave him away for a, for a bag of chips. But, but 90. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, that's how you win if your team's like Portland. Like, D- Detroit's doing that right now. you got five good young players on the yeah. roster that can all be all-stars in the future. Um, depends on who you ask. But, hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they're just – that's maybe they'll learn. Maybe they'll learn. I mean, Scoot and Aiden, honestly, on its own, like the, the more you look at it, Scoot, Sharp, and Aiden isn't bad. Yeah. But it's like, f- first of all, they think they're going to make the playoffs this year, which is a little sketchy. The, none, no one can shoot. No, no one on that team can shoot. They got a bunch of slashers going in there. Right like now. you got to be able to shoot to win in the NBA. Yeah. And obviously, as a Pistons fan, you saw that last year. The team couldn't shoot for anything. Mm-hmm. Didn't win any games. Real quick, you said you have to shoot to win the NBA. I just wonder who's who's uh, who caused that in the NBA. Certain player in uh, down in Golden State, Steph Curry. But you know that, oh. that's here neither go. here or there. But here I was going to agree with y'all that I mean the Trailblazers. We know who they are. They're the Trailblazers. But. At least with DeAndre Ayton, Scoot Henderson, and then if they keep Drew Holiday, that veteran um, feel in the locker room. I mean, it's not the worst situation in the league. It's just when you trade one of the best players in the NBA, you don't really get that much for them. That's kind of – they really, on one perspective, they had did the best they could. And doing more research about that 2018 year, you mean tell me Anthony Davis – after 2018, Braun won. We, that's just a whole another conversation. But as a LeBron fan, I'm not going to say language. LeBron Let me first. My language. He okay, was no, the okay. best big man in the league at that time, 110%. That guy Are we counting the honest as a big man? That guy was, yes, and even then, in that year, he was he, Anthony Davis was 100% on top of the world at that point Which, as far as the big man. That guy was shooting three-pointers yelling Kobe for game winners, and you're going to tell me that he, no, no. By the way, the reason why this conversation is so frustrating is because in theory you should be 100% right. Like, I remember when people were saying, like, especially in 2020 when the Lakers won, like, they were putting, like, LeBron and AD one, two best players in the league. And before then, New Orleans AD, they considered him, like, he should have, like, multiple MVPs by yeah. now. And, like, the decline, and I say decline with quotation marks because he's still one of the best players in the league, but just yeah. the level, like, I remember the conversations of AD over Giannis, and, like, as ridiculous as they may seem now, heck, I mean, some people would still say they're kind of up there close neck and neck, but the path AD should have been on, like, even as a LeBron fan, LeBron shouldn't still be the best player on the Lakers. No, like, it should, should clearly be, be Anthony Davis, but he's not as consistent as he should be, not even just with health, just, like, on the court, he's not as consistent. Mm-hmm. But with Damian Lillard and Giannis, I want to ask y'all, do y'all – think at the moment they're the best duo in the league. I'm going to let Nick go first on this one. I feel like I've been hogging the Blazers or Damian <laughs> Lillard topics. Best duo in the league. Um, I mean, I can't really – I mean, Booker and KD comes close. And I'll first – Kyrie and Luka maybe up there. Um, I want to see more from that duo because right. Luka's, other than LeBron, I mean, my favorite player in the league. They can't play defense. That's yeah. their only kind of downfall. And they're yeah. both kind of ball hogs. But mm-hmm. – um, yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of the trade for the Bucks, like and for the Suns, obviously. But like I said, but I mean, you lose Drew Holiday, and obviously that's a big loss. That's you know their stabilizer, their their point guard. Yeah. Um, when there's not really a lot of true point guards left in the league at this point, but um, yeah, I mean they they're definitely gonna miss his defense, but that was kind of their strong suit, and what they lacked was a closer. Like you've got Giannis, who you don't trust him with the ball in his hands at really at the end of the game because he's going to foul and either miss 
or make a free throw or miss both. Um, and then you've got Chris Middleton, who's like a good player, like an all-star caliber player and a shot maker. But if you just double him, it's not really hard to take him out of the game. Yeah. And now you get a guy like Dame, where you can just like literally give him the ball and just get out of the way. And then if Dame's covered, you got Chris Middleton to back him up, and that's a great second option as a closer. And then mm-hmm. if all else fails, just throw it up to Giannis, and it's like he's a top three player in the league right now. So it's like you can't really go wrong with those three. And um, you lose, again, that kind of anchor in Drew Holiday. But, I mean, you get just as I would say on par facilitator. Dame is about the same. Um, just the defense, they're lacking from that position a little bit more. But – I mean, they, that was, again, like I said, their strong suit is their defense, and mm-hmm. it's not like they're going to be losing all of their defensive identity without him. So I feel like it was definitely the right move for them, um, and I'm, I'm kind of glad he's in uh, Milwaukee and not Miami, but that's just me. Yeah, really? I totally agree. How come? Um, I mean, I like Miami, but I just feel like last year was such like kind of a Cinderella run mm-hmm. that it would be hard to replicate again. And I mean, Jimmy Butler's not getting any younger. I, I, I really liked, I like their vibe. Like, I like their team. Um, but I just, and it, it would be weird to see because Jimmy Butler is like the alpha dog yep. of that team. Like 100%. you're giving it to him at the end of the game, um, and I mean Giannis is of his team as well. But it's just a different, you know, personality with Jimmy, and you know that chemistry was what kept them together and kept them playing so well. So it's like you bring in another kind of top dog guy, maybe kind of ruffles a little bit of feathers, and then they lost like, I I think they lost Struess, and then they lost yes. a couple other guys on their bench. Um, so, I mean, who knows if it's the same Miami team. I mean, it, the, everybody changes every year in the NBA, basically, right. it seems like. But um, I think definitely the right trade for Milwaukee. And I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Giannis. I'm a fan of Dame. I'm excited to see them work together. Yeah, I wouldn't personally go as far as best duo in the league yet because we haven't seen him on the court yet. Correct. But when you think of duos like the reigning champions, Jokic and Jamal Murray, oh, or like too. D-Book and KD, or even still LeBron and AD, and yes, I still have hope <laughs> that <laughs> – It'll be hard to put them there without seeing them on the court, but just from the excitement alone, I mean, Giannis, like you said, top three player in the league. Dame, you could argue top ten and probably like second best point guard in the league or first, depending on who you're talking to. But the duo, they're gonna they're gonna reign supreme. And again, without as in many injuries East as too. possible. In the East. The East is not crazy too. No. You got Milwaukee, Boston, Miami if they're not really a Cinderella. I mean, it's kind of it. Their really only comp is Boston. Like, yeah. I, the Cavs are young. The Knicks aren't that good yet. Philadelphia's falling apart. Yeah, I mean, Philly will never win. I, <laughs> I hate Philly, but um, yeah, I mean, their only comp is Boston. And Boston, you know, Tatum's. I don't. I don't really think Tatum's that guy. I don't either. I don't. I'm not even going to deal okay, with this right. I, I don't think he is either, though. It seems like we've seen the same thing happen for them multiple times, and mm-hmm. it just completely falls off the end when they get deeper into the playoffs. But that's a whole other tangent. I um, Firstly, before I even get into this duo question, did anybody see when Max Struess got traded? I I just remember. seen a post the other day. I don't even remember what team he's on right now, but I have no idea when that guy got traded. Pacers, maybe? <laughs> like, I have no idea. Like, I I, like, but anyway. That was a big piece of their finals run. Like, he was sniping. <laughs> yeah. 12 points a game, That's you need that. Right. And a so, team that can't really shoot. But going on, back to the duo question, I mean, uh, I, I agree. As much as I would love to say they're going to be the best duos, I mean, I, I, I can hope for that, but I can't say that yet just because we haven't seen it. But I will say... Doesn't this kind of seem like one of those things that will be a good fit? Like, for example, 
last year when the Lakers traded, or two years ago when the Lakers traded for Russ, I am I was screaming that this is a bad idea. This doesn't make any yeah, so sense. Get, now you're gonna get me back, man, because I don't understand why people thought that was. Oh. It, it, that, like there's certain trades that don't make sense. You can think of we talked about Luca and Kyrie. As much as it, it like it sounds like they could be a really good scoring duel, that's another one of those that just it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like. Uh-huh. Luca, they like, need a big. They they do need a big, and and these two guys together. I mean, they're both super ball dominant players, very fancy with the ball, and they both are great ball handlers. Are you gonna have two ball handlers with one ball? Yeah, exactly. So that obviously, Devin Booker and KD are for sure dominant, or like dominantly the best duo in my mind. Just like straight up like basketball. I know Jamal Murray and Jokic went to go get their ring. I'm Thomas. I know you're not here, but I I don't love the Denver Nuggets, so I'm not, mm. I really don't love Jamal Murray. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> um, but uh, respect I did, though, respect the Nuggets. <laughs> I respect the Nuggets 100. I just I don't know why Jamal Murray seems like always he gets a fire lit under his butt every time <laughs> he sees Damian Lillard. It's like I. <laughs> We're not. I'm leaving. We're done with Dame for today. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. After this, I'm gonna be done. So, but I, I definitely think they have the potential to 100 percent potentially be the best duo by the end of the year. It just seems like one of those like really good fit. If Dame can work perimeter to mid range, and Giannis can work mid range in, their play styles seem to fit each other perfectly well because they both can be ball dominant when they need to be, and they both can kind of play off ball. Dame is a little bit better with playing off ball than Giannis would be. I mean, we've all seen Dame's catch and shoot ability. It's 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 off the wall. So, um, I, I'm super excited, and I definitely think they could be the best duo. But however, it's definitely you know you got KD book and you got Jamal Murray and Jokic up there first, AD and LeBron too. Yeah, and if I do a preseason uh, prediction, I mean it's so early, but I still believe in the Nuggets just from seeing the complete how complete they were as a team. And I would probably big loss though. Yeah, that's a huge loss. So it's gonna be really interesting. I do think it'll eventually be Suns and Nuggets in the Western College Finals again, or just whatever round again. And I feel like the winner. I do feel like the championship is gonna come from the West this year, whether it's from the Suns or as Deshaun looks at me as I say that. But I do think it'll be between Suns or Nuggets or hopefully Lakers if we can. (laughs) Listen, I got hope. The LeBron fan in me has hope. By the way, uh, Max Drews went to the Cavs. But just, I do think the championship is going to come out the West this year only because we don't know how the duo of Dame and Giannis is going to be yet. But if I were to give an official prediction, I would agree with Nick about um, Suns, Bucks, and I'm going to say seven. I'm going to go seven just because you never know about injuries or like if KD and Book have like an off night. But this is going to be a very interesting year. Yeah, I mean, if Porzingis only plays 30 games like he has in the past <laughs> five years, the Bucks are just going to win, sweep every every uh, you know series they play in the playoffs. Like, it's not even going to be funny. Yeah, so. dude, I don't even understand that move. I, I got to be honest. I don't, I don't understand that one at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Porzingis on the Celtics, it was unexpected, but I could see it if Porzingis plays more than 30 games. And I lo- then- dude, I loved Porzingis when he was on the Knicks. I, I loved calling him the unicorn. I mean, he was like – he. Porzingis is like the first like like because you know two K was a big thing at that time. He was a real stretch big at that time, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean like Porzingis was shooting. he was a code. He was a cheat code. He, he was a huge cheat code, and unfortunately the injury bug got him, and he's just never been the same since. But mm-hmm. it, I, I just I don't understand. I I think Marcus Smart is a huge anchor on your team, and I totally get that he may not be the biggest scoring aspect, but I don't think Kristaps can be either if he's not playing. I just. Yeah. And plus, like, Chris Stops had some good, de- decent games when he was playing for the Wizards. I've seen that. But, however, he only played so many. And I also know that uh, just from the time that he spent back from his injury, he's he's definitely had some inconsistent play since being back as well. So, I, I, don't, I don't love that trade at all. I don't love Boston, and I definitely don't love that trade. Yeah, and 
you mentioned Marcus Smart, just about like the parody of the NBA. I mean, now he's on the Grizzlies, and then Jaw's gonna be back after I think twenty five games, and yes. then you got the Kings, you got the young Cavs. Even though they are young, I do feel they're um, a complete team in their own aspect, and as they um, get more reps together, then I feel like they'll get better as time goes on. Similar with like the Kings in the West, and even with us predicting like the Bucks being in the finals. I mean, Miami's had their number ever since 2020. So I do feel like the com- the competition is still there. But, I mean, the sky's the limit for the league. So I'm very excited. And to go across the pond in the NFL, we have a lot of similar parity, but also with injuries just taking out players in the league and now players kind of coming back in and out. I got a notification that Aaron Jones is going to play, um, I think, tonight in the Lions game. So – just any predictions as far as that game in general and then just any more thoughts about the NFL? 31-7, Lions. Jane mm, Reed, touchdown. End of the game. <laughs> that's what I'm going with. We're Listen, winning the North, baby. Is there any is there any reason why you wanted that specific touchdown in the end with Mr. Reed? Oh, oh obviously. <laughs> MSU, MSU legend. Yeah, I mean, he pulled it together through some tough times last year and obviously led the team in receiving his peach, the Peach Bowl year in the Michigan uh, here, so I mean, he's been you know he's he's always been a dog and he's been doing well to start the season and you know canine torched us a couple weeks ago, um, so that was kind of a bittersweet to see too. So I hope I hope Reed doesn't do the same. As long as we win, that's that's the bottom line. I just want to see Reed eat just because you know that's an MSU guy. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go very close to that same score, but I'm going 28-10. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like I, I really hope that the only score that they get is with Jalen Reed, but I'm also thinking a field goal might be in order there. Um, I don't really got no major things on this game tonight besides, like, uh, Jordan Love's been playing okay. However, I think that the package organization has yet to accept him in yet, so I think that that's just a whole other storyline going on there. But, I mean, they still got some decent re- – I mean, obviously, Jalen Reed, he's been playing pretty good, but they have a decent core going on there, but they've got a lot of They're unproven. Yeah, yeah, they're unproven, and they got a lot of restructuring to still do. Um, I do think that we're just a better position team for this game. I think Jared Goff has been playing outstanding – we had that great play to Laporte last week. I just think we're on a roll right now. I know we lost to the Seahawks, and then me and Nick were talking about it earlier. That kind of killed my vibe a little bit. But as Nick mentioned, you know, we were already coming off a big win that game. So I think we're still on a roll. It may not be a major roll, but it's a roll regardless of the fact. So I, I definitely think we rolled through tonight. And we got some guys coming back healthy big big time on the O-line. That's what kind of – we would have put up 40 last week <laughs> if we had all our all our guys up, there, up front. But, you know, it's the NFL. People get injured every every game, so – yeah, I do think the Lions are more suited to win this game just because bringing Aaron Jones back, you don't know if like he's going to come back the same or if he's going to come back dominant. Then the Packers, like you mentioned, Jordan, what's it, Jordan Love? Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love. <laughs> like, just the quarterback situation in Green Bay, isn't. it's just not comfortable, for right. like a better word. Right. It's just unproven. Yeah, yes. I feel like the Lions are going to take care of business. And as far as anything else across the NFL, I mean, we talked about Miami putting up 70 points God. on the Broncos. I mean, it was so bad. Like, the coach was really in the crowd asking people to uh, make plays. <laughs> and, like, the backups was in scoring. I think my dad said the Miami, like, the backup running back from Miami had, like, 20 to 40 points in fantasy football. Yeah. So, it's just, it that was insane to see on an NFL defense. Like, all jokes aside, like, 70 points is absurd. It's like, the second highest and scoring game ever. Really? Yeah. yeah. It seems like it was the highest. I don't, I don't, I don't Do know, you know the exact numbers on the highest. I know that it's the second highest scoring game. It's another. There's another record broken that game. Um, it's second highest, and I want to say either like the fastest someone scored that many points or something like that. I can't remember what it is, but I mean, the, the, what they did that game was it's, it's, it's a I'm, historical game. I'm calling. I'm going for it now. Tyreek MVP. 
Yeah, I mean, like I, as a receiver, a five nine receiver in the NFL, saying that is absolutely insane. But Tyreek Hill is not like he's beast. not real. No, like, he's not. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think he had, truly has potential to go for a two K this year. He's like I still can't believe it was Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill on the yeah. same team. Like that's just the three, arguably top th- top three, top five. Even some people would put each one of them at one. Yeah, like, I mean, definitely like, at their positions. And it's just like all three on the same, like that's unstoppable. And yes. now he, he's just by himself, he's even more productive. And yeah. It's insane. Insane. Tua's yeah. been having a great year too, man. Uh, I love the fact that that Tungo Vailoa was having a great year. Did not love getting torched by Tungo Vailoa, I will say that. Yeah. But <laughs> it is what it is. I'm just happy for the Dolphins. Like I remember they were like barely getting wins at one point in the NFL. And then especially for um Tua, one of my most least favorite moments as a sports fan was when he got hurt in Alabama in that game where they were blowing out their opponent and for some reason Saban kept him in. I think it was for like um, two-minute drill practice mm-hmm. or whatever, and then he gets hurt and the trajectory of his career kind of gets shaky because it was a really big injury. And to see him in the league still prospering, and even didn't he get injured like last year too yeah, as two, well? Dude, too serious. I didn't think Tua was going to be playing nowhere near as good this year. I didn't like not even just a skill thing. I was worried for his like his health last year. So to see him prospering, then the Dolphins they bring in Tyreek Hill and this uh, monster of a move ever since. Like the Dolphins could really do something this year, and we got moments of like in Cleveland that game, and then the um. Bills defense putting on a master class against the uh, Washington football team. Are they still the football team? Commanders. Commanders. They're and being sued right now, though. I think <laughs> I think that the, I I heard something about like certain native clans are like suing them, and they want to bring back the name of the Redskins. Yeah, I was gonna say Redskins at first, but I'm like, okay, I know it's not them, and I don't even know if that's offensive. I just. I've yeah, heard I, that I've heard that the storyline is that they want to bring that name back and that they were actually their logo was like a very honored chief that they were like like saluting every time they went out there with their uniforms. I, I'm I'm all for that. Like I'm that I didn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, if, like in my opinion. But I mean, the Washington's just in shambles. Yeah, Lizards, yeah, Commanders, I mean, they got nothing. Bro. That goes to show you that the biggest news in Washington football right now is about their name two years like years ago. <laughs> yeah. so. Sam Sam Howell's low key not bad though. He he's been showing that he's not bad. That's it. That's it. That's, that's about all, it. That's all I, I got. Yeah. Chase like, Young, future lion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's gotta get about that. I feel bad for Eric B. Enemy too, dude. <laughs> the stuff that's going on with the coaching situation there. Ron Rivera. He, he obviously a legendary coach, one hundred percent. Like, but his downfall has not been great these past couple of years. Yeah, it's unfortunate what's going on in Washington football. And other than that, I mean, we addressed a lot. We're going to get some NBA coming in for the Sports Roundtable. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to obviously be excited about that. And with that being said, do you guys have any additional thoughts to add, any random thoughts at all? Brian Branch intercepting tonight. <laughs> Hopefully. And <laughs> But I just want to say thanks for you know having me back. It's, it was great to talk shop with you guys. Oh, no problem at all. When Thomas sent the text over and Nick was joining us, I got excited for this week. Oh, yeah. And it was great to have you back. Yeah, and for sure. Mr. Humble over here, Deshaun's not going to talk about how he's been working for Peacock. I mean, NBC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, time, big time. Definitely got to pat yourself on the back. Like, I always will give you your credit. And I appreciate that, man. Nick, I, definitely. Thank you. You set the foundation for people like Bella and then us to host this show. So just, I'm grateful for you as well and especially filling in for Thomas this week. Yeah, I appreciate I mean, it. It was it was fun, and I appreciate everyone for taking a seat at the roundtable with us. My name is Anthony Brinson, Deshaun Johnson, Nick Lundberg, and this has been the Sports Roundtable. See you guys next time.